All right, let's get this started. Welcome to Real Live Talk. Thank you guys so much for being here and taking the time to check out the latest episode. I'm really, really blessed and honored that you're here, and I'm so excited to be here today with my friend, James Dodswhite. James is a former pastor and church planter. He's currently the regional director for Central Africa for Operation Christmas Child. You uh, may be familiar with Operation Christmas Child and the shoebox um, gift delivery that happens for children around the world during Christmas time, but you may not be aware of all of the behind the scenes, all of the discipleship and evangelism that's that's uh, going on as part of that process, where literally millions of children every single year are being discipled and are being uh, introduced to Jesus. And it's just so incredible. It makes me want to shout. It makes me want to cry. <laughs> I'm so fascinated <laughs> by what James is doing. And I'm so honored to have this opportunity to uh, chat with Pastor James today. So yeah, well, James, welcome to Real Live Talk, my friend. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Duke. I am uh, really honored to be here. Always a pleasure to be on the show. So great introduction, by the way. That was great. Hey, you know, we're <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, really, again, just really appreciate it. You and I go, uh, we go way back. We go way back to um, what year would that have been? Like 2005-ish, probably, I, I think that was. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah after, my, after my freshman year at Elam Bible Institute, I did my internship uh, with you and Pastor Jamie at uh, Grace Family Church with the youth ministry. Uh, I was a knucklehead back then but uh but you turned out, you turned out okay <laughs> it's so much fun i hope so man i hope so <laughs> yeah but, yeah but uh but yeah so um uh yeah we just we kind of reconnected last year you you joined me on my other podcast and kind of reconnected and found out a little bit about what you're doing and i was just so blown away by just operation christmas child and what you're doing and what your heart is for people and for discipleship and for revival and for all these amazing things that are happening. And, um, you know, I said in the intro that uh, you're a former pastor. And I just said that because your your role as far as in the church, you're, you're no longer serving in that capacity as a pastor. But um, what's that thing that they say? Uh, you know, you, you could take the you could take the man out of the pastoral role, but you can't take the pastor out of the, <laughs> you yeah. know, and so, and so you're definitely continuing to pastor in terms of raising up leaders and shepherding people and uh, discipling people just in a, in a different kind of capacity. And just so fascinated by the work that you're doing. And I'm just uh, excited to hear about it. Could you tell us a little bit about um, Operation Christmas? Well, actually, let's not jump into that just yet. Um um let's just see uh yeah well first of all just how are you how's the family happy father's day man Thank day you. late but uh yeah just a little bit just maybe before we jump into the the serious stuff just uh how are you sure. and how's life uh i'm doing great i'm doing great family's doing good uh we're kind of uh on the on the turn on an on-ramp to a whole new season in life um i got three kids my oldest just got married my daughter is living in Tampa, you know, far away from home, which is very sad, but she's doing great. And my youngest son, Aiden, is here at home. He's going to be starting a senior year in high school. So we're well on our way to being the empty nesters, you know, and so yeah. it's, a, it's a different season, but full of joy. And God has given us grace to enjoy every season. And it seems to just have gotten better and 
you know, that relationship with your kids where you kind of have to let off the clutch a little bit and let them adult and uh, kind of see if they're going to make it or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there yet, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, My oldest so, is 10, so we've got, got a little bit more time, but it's it's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy. He's, he's mature. You know, he's mature for his age. And mm -hmm. so I find that I'm starting to do that. I'm, I'm navigating that process to an extent. Like, okay, where can I give him a little bit more freedom now and just sort of test out the waters and see what he does with it and, and all that, you know, he's a good kid. So it's, it's all right. But I yeah. can just imagine that once that you get those teen hit those teenage years that everything just goes like way more complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I was at Grace family, I was a junior high youth pastor and, you know, I had a front row seat to public school and this and kids sure. and the crazy town. And I was terrified. Like, I, I really wanted Jesus to return before my kids hit junior high. And uh, he didn't. He didn't. And because here we are. And uh, but honestly, we prayed like crazy. We did our very best. We screwed up a lot. But the grace of God filled in the gap. And, you know, my kids love the Lord. They're doing great. And, you know, my kids are 10 times the leader that I ever was at that age. And wow, I am just blown away at at just seeing the grace of God on my kids. I could brag wow. on them all the time. So wow, that's so cool. Isn't it crazy how we can mess up so much as parents? <laughs> and I remember being a kid and thinking that my parents were just, they were such great adults. I was looking, I was looking at them and I still, man, I'm, I'm, I'm 35. I still don't feel like an adult. Most of the time, it's really rare that I have this feeling like maybe I do something new in life or something happens. I'm just like, Oh, okay. That's what being an adult feels like. But for the most part, I don't really, I don't really feel like that. And so I feel like my wife and I were just like these big kids raising smaller kids. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so crazy how, uh, you know, how you can, you really, you can make mistakes and, I'm really big. I talk about this all the time. I'm really big on like apologizing to my kids yeah. when I mess up, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and just having those moments. I think, it, I think there's some, there's a, it's almost like a silver lining, you know, of course you want to be, you want to be perfect parents, but you're not. Um, but mm -hmm. when you do have those mistakes where, you know, where you really do blow it, you know what I mean? And um, just even having those moments where you can kind of build that vulnerability and I think it increases trust, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, seeing the generational goodness of God, you know, like my dad is still my hero. I still talk to him, you know, once or twice, sometimes three times a week. Uh, usually when I'm driving to go work out, when I drive back, I'll just FaceTime my dad while I'm driving and my son will work out with me. And so we'll FaceTime my dad together. And so there's just generational uh, the faithfulness of God that he just, my son gets to see it and my dad. And I mean, he's corny, I'm corny. And so my son sees where, where it all comes from. But um, I just, I'm so grateful for godly heritage. And, you know, I, 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 I don't want to say I'm lucky because I don't believe in that, but just, I see the hand of God on my dad, on his dad, you know, I'm a fourth generation minister and i see just the the faithfulness of god from generation to generation and you know just how the enemy it targets the the relationship with dad wow and you know and i i'm like i'm so grateful for my relationship with my boys and my daughter like they're open they talk to me about stuff and 
I'm just, I cherish it. The, you know, the open communication lines and fight for it ferociously. Wow. Yeah. So cool. What was it like? We could probably do a whole podcast on this, but what was it like <laughs> being Brother Ben's son? <laughs> oh, man. What was that like? Well, let me tell you, because I, my early days in Bible school, I was still in the, in the process. Like, I knew about God my whole life, grew up in a Christian home, missionary kid, but never really fully surrendered. Like, I, I gave my life to Jesus at 19, my second year of mm. Bible school. So my first year of Bible school, my GP, my GPA, will say the the decimal point was below was in front of the numbers. <laughs> yeah, it's it took some hard work to get a GPA that low. So like I I failed my dad's class. Think of think of that for wow. me, and for him. Like yeah. it must have been embarrassing for him. I was so ashamed, and wow. God was still getting a hold of my life. It was bad. It was, it, I was a mess, but you know, I, I, the longer I'm a, I'm a Christian and knowing that the Lord sees the end from the beginning, yes. he doesn't freak out during those times. And mm. so that I've just derived because I've got a lot more in my rearview mirror, you know, I turned 46 in five days and there's been more and more in the rearview mirror and all of the mess ups and rebellion and issues and problems. And knowing that the Lord sees the whole picture just gives me a lot of ability just to be confident and rest, even when things aren't perfect, because the Lord, like a comic strip, he sees where he started it, he sees where he ends it, and he knows the whole picture and the whole story. When we moved here to, to Boone and started, you know, I started working with uh, Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child, the Lord spoke to me clearly, and he said, I'm really excited about this next season for you. And I just thought it was peculiar. And just in the grace that has been poured on my life in certain areas, I have enjoyed it. And it has been so fulfilling and fun with the Lord. And it just has made sense to me. But um, yeah, it's it's been crazy. But I don't know. Back to your question. Being Brother Benson, not easy to do. Um, probably harder for him on his end. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Probably didn't think about that much growing up, right? <laughs> we never think about that when we're growing up, but no, but man, the task that point, our parents have in raising yeah. us. At know. one point I was such a mess that my dad actually tendered his resignation as Elam Bible Institute professor because I had stolen things. Um, and it was bad. Like, you know, he drove me. It's so funny. I, I, I got in trouble. I got busted from stealing stuff from the school. He put me in the car and drove me to the police station because I was kind of out of control. This was before yeah. I got saved. And, um, the you know, in Lima, New York, this little one stoplight town, the police station was closed. <laughs> so, so you were like, yes. Yeah. I was great. Didn't get arrested. Thanks, Dad. Awesome. You know, but the Lord is gracious and merciful and long suffering. Yeah. <laughs> and so now, as an adult, and obviously you're saved now. Uh, do you? Do you? Uh, have you had many opportunities to minister alongside your dad? What, what has that been like? 
So, you know, it's funny you say Samaritan's Purse. Um, so o Operation Christmas Child is a project of the overall organization called Samaritan's Purse run by Franklin Graham. Yeah. So they have, um, you know, uh, a benefit for staff who travel a certain amount of days per year that they, they call it a spouse trip where they, you can invite a family member to go on a trip with you mm. and they cover the expenses. And so cool. I haven't I was getting ready to take advantage of it um, right when the Rona hit. So I didn't get to, but my, when I first, when I get that opportunity, um, my plan is to take my dad on a trip with me to Africa. So hopefully, you know, maybe this next year, 2022, I'll be able to go with, on a trip with my dad, but it's been a lifelong dream of ours to do ministry together. Um, and so the only time we ever did was we did a, when I was a youth pastor, we did a, a mission trip together to New York city, to Nysum. And, um, so that was fantastic. Saw some amazing things, great time, but I really want to go to Africa with my dad. Oh yeah. That'll be so cool. Um, yeah, well you just got back from Africa, right? You just, uh, you went to, uh, the DRC or where was it? Yep. Yep. Democratic Republic of Congo. I was there. I left Memorial day right after my son's wedding and spent uh, 12 days there, um, in, in the capital of Kinshasa, and then we went to Southeast DRC to a city called Lubumbashi, mm. where we um, helped build the team, encouraged the team there, and then came back. We were supposed to go to another city called Goma, um, but a volcano erupted right when. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So they closed the airport, and so actually, uh, I'm I'm waiting. I should find out today or tomorrow if my passport comes back from travel. Um, I'll be leaving on July 1st to complete that that work in Goma. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So are, are they calling it, what do they call, do they call it Congo or do they call it the Congo or the democratic Republic? Like what, what do they yeah, call it? Over so there? there is a lot of confusion around it because the country next to DRC is called Republic of Congo. So there okay. is a Re Republic of Congo and then right across the river is the democratic Republic of Congo. Okay. And so um, two different countries uh, and the capital cities are right across the, the river from each other. So Republic of Congo, we just call it Congo or Congo Brazzaville because that's the cop the capital, and then DRC we just call it that because it's it's easy or um, yeah, um, it's easily easily confused. Yeah, <laughs> and the river the river is the Congo River, right? Is that what yes. separate that's what separates the yes. two? And yes. it's the Congo River, and um, yeah, yeah. Well, I can see how that could be confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, like if you go across the river to Brazzaville, to Republic of, Republic of Congo, it is night and day different. Really? Um, yeah. Culturally, just mm. the city is different. It's got I think it's got some socialist roots uh, in its history. Mm. But DRC is like Kinshasa, the capital is just millions of people, I think 15 million people in just the capital. And um uh, largely overpopulated and it's just a whole different environment it's crazy just a couple football fields away and just hmm. a drastic difference wow wow and uh in the in the drc did they is french the primary language or is there a mixture yeah so it's was colonized by belgium so french is the is the the primary language there but there's local dialects like lingala and then as you go further east they speak swahili so which would okay. be cool because if I go on a trip with my dad, him and my mom are, are fluent in Swahili. So that would give me oh, some street cool. cred, you know? Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome.
what was it like? I mean, so COVID era travel across the Atlantic. What was that like? Uh, I mean, I just got I, I just traveled this week, but within the U.S. and it was pretty much business as usual other than wearing a mask the whole time. Uh, but what was what was that like? I imagine that that was a totally different ordeal. Um, yeah, sure. So my first memory, you know, you mentioned Corona, um, you know, everything that it brought. So I remember in February, right before it hit, I was coming back from a trip uh, to Chad and to Senegal. Mm -hmm. And I remember on my Air France flight, I get in, the, in my seat and the guy across the aisle from me is wearing a mask and like takes this handy wipe and like is is wiping his whole area down with a you know disinfectant wipe and i looked at him and i thought what an idiot you know <laughs> <laughs> turns out he was the smartest guy on the plane you know uh, but i always remember he's like a first responder you know like an early adapter kind of yeah. guy where yeah. he he was just ahead of the curve and now i think he's the most brilliant guy in the world but i remember thinking at the moment what an what a you know anyway <laughs> So, but travel, I was able to take a trip in September and October, two trips mm -hmm. in 2020. You know, my region has, has, has stayed open in large part, even through the coronavirus. And wow. so I was able to go, you know, and then I remember, I think in a, in a matter of just those two trips, I had 12 different COVID tests. Go, you, have, you know, you got to get a COVID test going into a country, a COVID test going out of the country. So a lot of things being shoved up my nose. And, yeah. um, but you know, you get used to it. It's kind of part and parcel with the job and you just, you know, you make do. Yeah. So how, how long did that trip end up being? Sounds like it got cut a little bit short, but what was the, um, yeah. How long were you there? Um, I don't remember when I went to in 2020, I was there for our conference. That's our conference season called N connect. So I think that one was, I think actually it was two 18 day trips. Mm, wow. with 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 a couple weeks in between this last trip um last month and you know memorial day i left and i got back on the 12th or the, on the 11th so that was a 12-day trip mm. for the first week and a half of of june yeah yeah that's awesome and then looks like if, if everything comes through you'll be going back in a couple weeks <laughs> yeah 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 so wow. i'm excited i love i love the adventure i love the travel it doesn't get old um there's a grace for it. You know, I, I believe when God calls you to do something, he gives you grace. And then, um, so yeah, I still enjoy it and it's exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I remember, uh, you mentioned to me, I think it was sometime last year when we talked, um, you mentioned to me that if you could dream up the perfect <laughs> job or the perfect position to have in ministry, it would be what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, that's just, that's amazing. That's so awesome. That's your, that you're involved in something that, I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize prior to talking to you, how much actually is involved in this process and how many millions of children are being evangelized or being discipled, but then not just the children, but then also that opens up the door for the parents of those children to be ministered to and presented the gospel to and all of that. And so uh, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about maybe the um, the behind the scenes of, of Samaritan's Purse um, and Operation Christmas Child and what it's all about and, and, and what you guys do. Sure. Uh, this is one of the fa my favorite things to talk about. So before sure. I do... 
Um, before I, I, you know, the, the Lord opened the door here at Operation Christmas Child in Samaritan's Purse. I pastored, I planted and pastored a church for 10 years and I loved pastoring, but um, I wouldn't say that my, my calling or my gifting is at like as the office of a pastor. Mm. So I found that it was very difficult for me to shepherd people to have like long-term empathy and care. Um, I'm more of a little entrepreneurial, I would say more apostolic in that I like, you know, investing into people and releasing them. And without this long-term expectation of being like that shepherd. So especially towards the end of pastoring, the, the pastoral shirt felt a little tight and the, gotcha. the grace kind of moved, you know, the cloud moved and, and I really struggled uh, pastoring. And so anyway, God knew what he was doing. And so this is a really good fit. Um, and it allows me to really stretch my wings and do what I believe God's called me to do. So cool. So the, the big picture, I think what, what charges me most about Operation Christmas Child is we mobilize the local church. We mobilize the local church here domestically in the U.S. and overseas as well. And so um, there's two main appendages of OCC. There's the domestic side and the international side. I work on the international side, but we have an entire team, well-built team of people who, um, you know, work with the church state side to, you know, generate millions of shoeboxes. And actually one of my um, interns, when I was a youth pastor at Grace Family, works at OCC Domestic. She's a regional manager in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And uh, so she's the one that told me about, you know, this job and suggested that I interview. Uh, her name is Trisha. So anyway, so th th there's the domestic side that generates millions of boxes this last year, even in a Corona season, um, they generated over 9 million shoe boxes oh, virtually without having, yeah. you know, without being able to meet face to face, mm. they still generated that amount of boxes. So wow. they mobilize the local church, they cast a vision, and the vision really is threefold. It's evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. Yeah. And so those are the three pillars of what we do. Everything has to fall under the scope of evangelism, discipleship, multiplication. So for us on the international side, um, it's a cyclical project that runs, you know, every year. Well, you know, on the domestic side, they use the Christmas time and Thanksgiving to generate shoeboxes. Um, the kids internationally don't receive the boxes at Christmas time. You know, they'll, they'll receive them actually this time of year um, in the springtime and the summer, just the way the shipping lines work and everything. So um, my job as regional director is I kind of quarterback the region. So I have eight countries and nine national teams um, that each national team is in a country specifically, and they oversee a network of volunteers mm. and all of our teams are volunteers. So wow. in my region, there's about 700 volunteers all throughout French speaking Africa that wow. every volunteer has a specific role. Everybody knows what they're doing. And those volunteer teams, their job is to equip and train and mobilize the local church in my region to reach the kids of Central Africa mm. with the gospel using a simple shoebox. So the simple shoebox is simply an object lesson. It's not about a yeah. kid getting a gift. It's an object lesson of Jesus was our free gift. So here's a free gift. 
and every box um, is received with the gospel. So before any kid gets this, this shoe box in their hand, they're shared the good news of Jesus Christ in a child-friendly way. Mm. And each box has been packed by some family here in the U.S. and prayed over and believed that whoever receives this box is going to open their heart to Jesus. And then with the gospel presentation, they're also invited into a 12-week discipleship course called The Greatest Journey. So these kids, not only do they receive Jesus or you have the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, they're taking on this incredible, you know, world-class discipleship course where they learn how to follow Jesus. And does that happen? So I know you you said it all happens through the local church. So are the yeah. children coming to a location to receive the box and they're coming to one of the churches? Is that how it works across yeah. the board or does that vary? Yeah, so it's mostly through local churches. Sometimes we'll do it in orphanages or hospitals or, you know, child-focused organizations. But by and large, it's through uh, the local church. And worldwide, we mobilize over 80,000 local churches to reach, you know, 9 million kids with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And about half or more than half of those kids will go through the greatest journey. And we have people that work at Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child who received a box when they were four, five, six years old, and now they're in their 20s, and they're serving Jesus, loving God, and continuing the, you know, the, the project. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There are so many things about this that are just <laughs> amazing and blowing. I mean, just the, yeah. just the simple idea of uniting all these churches under a banner of discipleship yeah. and and evangelism and multiplication, like you said, and the fact that you have all of these different churches, you know, coming to, so to speak, coming together. Right. And, and, and oh, yeah. at least, at least in, in that sense, you know, I, man, just the, the unity of the body is such a big part of who we are. And when you said mm. 80,000 churches, oh man, it just, it's literally, I'm choked up, man. It's amazing. I love it so yeah. much. It, um, it continues to blow my mind. Like I'm two years in to this role and I still can't believe that I get to do what I do and it's interdenominational. So like when we're recruiting and selecting a volunteer team, which is what I'm going to go do in Goma, um, we're looking not just for one denomination or one tribe, but we are very meticulous to ensure that there's a good cross section of the community and we're forcing you know, different team members to work alongside one another and, you know, be in unity. And it is, we have seen, I, I think part of the secret sauce of OCC is that it, like church unity is just a byproduct of what we do. And another crazy byproduct is like church planting. Like we're not a church planting organization, uh -huh. but thousands of churches are planted every year through OCC just because you know, a church will go into a village, yeah. do a distribution, and a hundred kids Double will give their life to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, we, we started a church. We need a pastor. And then all of a sudden, a church will start. And it happens by the hundreds every year. And it's just, it's, it's literally a byproduct of wow. the project. Well, it's amazing what happens when we actually focus on something that's that that's bigger and that matters. Like if our focus is on, hey, let's get some people 
in touch with who Jesus is and get them discipled that like, like you said, I love that you said it that way, that unity becomes the byproduct because mm-hmm. the denomination at that point becomes much less important than the fact that we're bringing people to Jesus. At least it should be that way. And it's awesome yeah. that it actually, yeah. that it's working out that way um, through, through what you're doing. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Let me real quick. Uh, um, I don't know if you've read Francis Chan's uh, most recent book called Until Unity. Just a shameless plug. Okay. I just no, read it, it. And before yeah. I read it, I actually had, I got to preach at my church here in Boone. And it was, you know, what the Lord had just been speaking to me on, you know, if, if you're my, if you have said yes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives in you, that means you're my brother and everything else is tertiary. Everything else is a yeah. side. And how is that not the biggest story going on? How have we elevated all these other issues that don't matter? Absurd. Yeah. You know, and so anyway, recommend that book. And yeah. I think it's on the heart of the Lord is the unity. It's, you know, John 17, that we be one. Come on. Yeah, and that's how we demonstrate the love of the Father. I mean, it's one of the biggest ways that we put on display who God is. And uh, uh, give us the title of that book one more time. It's called Until Unity by Francis Chan. Until Unity. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I had a I had a friend um, on the podcast. I think this is the episode I did just prior to this one. And he's a Lutheran. And so I brought that up. I brought up, I brought that up and I was asking him, his dad's, a Lutheran. he grew up, um, well, his dad's still a Lutheran pastor, but his dad became a pastor when he was like five. So he's mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, his dad's been a pastor all his life. And, yeah. um, so I, I just asked him about that. And, and as soon as I mentioned that he was a Lutheran jokingly, he was like, Oh, well you just lost like 50% of your listeners. <laughs> and my response was, bro, if, uh, if they left because of that, they didn't need to be here in the first place. That's, right, that's right. just how I feel. I mean, when we, you know, when we, it should never be about that. And anytime, Absolutely. whenever there's an opportunity, like our mutual friend, actually who you introduced me to Caleb hires and this mm-hmm. event that they just did uh, to gather Tampa and, and on, as the, on the greater skill together, Pentecost yeah. and bringing all these different churches of different denominations together and different cultures and different races and nationalities and bringing all these different churches together for the sake of just focusing on Jesus. I thought that was such a, a beautiful way yeah. that they went about that, where it wasn't like this church is running the show. And so everything automatically, you know, becomes based on the culture of that church. But instead, they yeah. literally brought everything together and uh, and in every way that they that they could think to do it, they really made Jesus the focal point. And I think Absolutely. that if we can practically the more we can practically find ways to do that, to keep Jesus at the center of everything, yeah. then as like you said, as the byproduct, the denominational differences will become less of a hindrance and less of like things that uh, become barriers and areas of separation and division and more so just things that make us unique. You know, I I mean, I think we're at the point now. I mean, we don't have to say like, okay, well, stop being Pentecostals and stop being Baptists and stop doing all that. But no, but let's let's find like the areas where we're the same or similar. Um, And then let's also talk about the places where we're different and celebrate those differences. Yeah. Uh, You know what I mean? As long as they're not things that are 
keeping people out of heaven, which most of the time they're not those kind of things. They're just these peripheral issues that we think are really, really big. And when it really comes down to it, you know, if Jesus is at the center of what you're doing, then those things are not as big as we think they are, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, when I was in Florida for my son's wedding, right before I left on my trip, um, I got to sit down with Caleb and I'm an overseer for his church. And so myself and the other overseers, we sat down and we had the conversation of, you know, how can we get more people at these events and how can, you know, use better terminology and change this? Because I, you know, I heard Caleb's heart. He just, you know, he wants it to gain momentum, momentum. And, you know, I just, I think it's what, I think it's what's happening in the kingdom of God is this unity movement. Um, when I, when I preached at my church in Boone, I went over a list of names of, you know, prominent leaders in, in Christendom. And I started with like the, the Benny Hens and, and then I went right to like the John MacArthur's and, cool. you know, that's, a, that's, that's the spectrum, right. Of, <laughs> yeah, you know, those are like, those are like the bookends. Of, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But both of those men, I believe are believers, they're brothers. They, they're not going to agree on a lot, but they're going to agree that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is God's son, which makes them my brothers, right. which means fighting wow. for unity wow. should be the headline. But anytime wow. names pop up you know, on our news feed or on social media, instantly yeah. we're thinking about why I don't agree with them. And we wow. elevate what we don't agree with instead of elevating that we, they're our brother. Yeah. That's our family. And that should be the greatest headline and should be the first thing out of our mouth is yeah, the same man. Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, lives in them. And it literally the divine nature that the Bible says I have has he's given to them and is greater than our natural DNA is the super, supernatural DNA Come that on. makes us the same family. And, you know, you read through John 17 and what Jesus said is going to cause people people to know that God sent Jesus is the fact that we're one with our yes. brother and sister. Yeah. That, that's God's plan for reaching the lost is for his, his bride to be one. You know, as a parent, how much do you love it when you, your kids get along? Right. And love when it. they don't get along, <laughs> there's a problem. You know, like when my kids would, would argue or get in, in a fight, I would make them hold hands on the couch. <laughs> Uh, that's so good. I'm so, doing that today. I'm doing that yeah, later today. Yeah. They they didn't like it, but I was sending a message like you being unified with your brother or sister is yeah. paramount in this family. It's so good. I make mine hug each other, but <laughs> but I love the hand-holding thing because that's more – both of mine are boys, so it's like <laughs> – uh, so What if I do this, Dad? That's so good. Yeah. I love it. Um, That's good. Le- that's that's next-level parenting right there, bro. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's so good. It, it's just, I, if I had to point to something that was, you know, maybe like top biggest reasons why the church doesn't have more authority, you know, than we should with those who are not in the church is this issue of, of unity. I mean, there's so divided and how can we stand? I mean, yeah. very, very simple terms, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And I think that we tend to look at ourselves like, um, you know, the there's the this denomination is one house and this denomination is another house. And as long as we live like that, we're never going to really come to that. And what's the whole point of all of this? Like the reason that 
I'm a pastor. And the reason why uh, you were a pastor for, for 10 plus years and, and why you're doing what you're doing now and raising up leaders and discipling uh, people and, and everything that you're doing, mobilizing teams. The reason why we're even in these roles is because he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the mm -hmm. edifying of the body of Christ. And then what does it say? Till we all come to the unity of the faith. That's, That's why right. we're here. We're supposed to be like when a pastor gets up and preaches a message that brings division, you're missing the most fundamental aspect of why you're even in that pulpit position in the first place. Yeah. You're not you're you're there not to just build your little, you know, your your little community, which is not again, I, I think the culture of an individual church and local bodies, I think all that is is great. And that's part of the sauce, like you said, but it's on the larger scale, we're building his kingdom. We're building his, we're, we're expanding the kingdom, not our kingdom, yeah. not our section of the kingdom, but the kingdom and Absolutely. unity is such a big part of that. And we'll never mm -hmm. function properly as the body without that unity of the faith. Yeah. And I understand the, the heart behind pastors who are divisive. I think they just, they don't know that's what they're too. doing. Yeah. Their yeah. heart is, I'm protecting my sheep from exactly. the, the wolves. Yeah. And they, they, I get the heart behind it, but the energy they're spending and trying to protect is more detrimental. And I think you would get a lo lot more kingdom bang for your buck if you took that same energy and mm. used it to bless that other pastor. Mm. You know, because if, if the Holy Spirit lives in them and they're a, they're a believer, then just using the same energy, I think... I think miracles would be released in your ministry and you would see God move in mighty ways. You know, Francis Chan, he talks in his book how he went on a, <clears throat> I think he went on a mission trip with a, a pastor of another denomination or another, you know, um, I don't know, viewpoint and miracles broke out mm -hmm. when he prayed for people and it was unexpected. And he was like, wow. And I think it was the Lord, he, he mentions it was the Lord just, um, emphasizing uh, the the grace that's on unity. And when you get together with brothers and sisters that may not believe exactly the same as you, mm. I think you should expect miracles to break out. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. And it's like, I, I agree with you. I get it too. I understand the idea of wanting to protect your people. And especially, you know, you have certain things that, that you're teaching. I, I mean, as, as pastors, we, we labor over that, over yeah. helping our people develop a certain kind of a mindset, you know, based on the instruction that 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 we're receiving from the Lord or that we believe we're receiving from the Lord and just <laughs> yeah. doing our best with it. And so, yeah, something when when something else, you know, a different flavor, but is it seems to be, you know, contrary to that in a way that could affect, you know, what you're the values that you're really trying to instill. I get it. I get why these things come out and why we feel the need to sometimes, you know, whatever. I, I, I get it. I, I, I really mm -hmm. do. I understand the the most almost everything that we do in ministry is with good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just not always with it's just not always in the right mindset or the right spirit or from the right. <laughs> Uh, the right understanding, you know, from the right foundation. We can have really good intentions, mm -hmm. but if we start with the wrong foundation, we can really end up in a wrong place. Yeah. You know? Like my my best friend here in, in North Carolina is a Southern Baptist, you know, 
he, he would probably say he's a redneck, maybe a little bit. He's, you know, uh, but his name's Steven and I love him to death. And what I've known in the last two years in getting to know him and just being around his family, you know, we work out several times a week in his basement and just seeing how as, as a parent and a husband, I've learned from him and grown from him and, you know, and, and I'm a crazy charismatic and that doesn't scare him off. And I tease him about his Baptistness and he teases me about my charismaticness, you know, and I'll, I'll go see him. I'm like, Hey bro, did you raise your hands in church today? You know, and, and he'll be like, Oh, I only got them this high, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we just tease because we know that there's this foundation of mutual respect and the same blood that purchased his life is the same mm. blood that redeemed mine. And that foundation is stronger than any of the, the peripheral stuff. And that's the main story. That's the headline to the point where we can tease each other about our denominational stuff, which, you know, yeah. isn't a thing. But I think it, when you take yourself up 30,000 feet in the kingdom, when the kingdom of God view, I think when it's all said and done and Jesus returns, we're going to see the wisdom in the diversity mm. in that the Baptist arm was able to reach people that the charismatic arm wasn't able to reach them. And, wow. you know, the Lutherans were able to reach people that the Methodists weren't able to reach, you know, like, wow. I just think we're going to see the King's wisdom in yeah. all of it. And yeah. we're going to, our minds are going to be blown. Not that he wanted us to all to be like one another, but with the same foundation, we all have an ability to reach people that the other one didn't. That's beautiful right there, man. That And that makes that makes total sense to, you know, when, when we think about the passages of scripture that talk about the body and the function of the body, you know, not every member is a hand, not every member is a foot, yeah. you know, we, yeah. and all of that. But when we work together, when we function together and, you know, even to the point where, you know, when, when one member is not functioning and, and I know that that wasn't specifically referring to denominations. So I'm sure, using this, sure. I'm using this loosely, but sure. yeah, I mean, being able to all of us together with our different flavors and styles again as long as the goal like the the yeah as long as the basic goals are the same and we're moving toward jesus and we're moving toward loving people and bringing Absolutely. people into the kingdom and building his kingdom then yeah i mean we can deal with oh do you have an organ in church or do you have electric guitars or like so who cares like right. so what come on right you know i mean i think that we all have things that we can you know, maybe, maybe even that, maybe if we, if we could get over some of the differences and just have, like you're saying with your friend, and that's just on a one-on-one -on -one level, but with your friend, just going back and forth and being able to joke about it and stuff like that, you know, maybe he starts to see some things in your style of worship where he's like, like, yeah, you know what? I can yeah. see how that could help me connect with God on a deeper level. And then maybe you see something on his, on his side where you're like, oh yeah, the way you do that, like that makes, that makes total sense. Like I should try that. And then just... You know what I mean? Like bringing bringing things together, blending things together. Uh, I had a friend one time talking about, you know, similar conversation. He was like, you know, you talk about, you know, different flavors of wine and stuff like that. And sometimes when you a blend tastes better than <laughs> than this kind or that kind. And so I think that there's a place for that, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah if, if we could learn from each other and have conversations. Look, this past year with everything that sort of came to light uh, in terms of. I mean, like the racial tension that really increased. I mean, it was always mm -hmm. there, but, you know, definitely things coming to the surface more this year mm -hmm. than ever before. And, you know, conversations like this that are really important to to have. It, it, but I, but I really think that the church 
could be and should be leading the charge on these really important issues of our day, but we have such a hard time doing it because internally we're struggling with the same concepts and we can't seem to get on the same page about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if we could, you know, learn how to talk with each other and not come from the standpoint of, well, we got it all figured out and this is just how we do it and how we've always done it. But just that blend of, of unity mm -hmm. where, you know, we're willing to have conversations, even if we're in disagreement and still honor one another. Yeah, in the absolutely. Process, you know? There've been several times um, early on in ministry and probably a lot later on in ministry that I care to admit where I would pick up one of those proverbial stones to throw at some other ministry yeah. And the Lord so graciously would say, excuse me, I'm working here, you know, wow. whether, you know, and like my, my mom uh, in upstate New York, her job is she works several days a week at a Catholic retirement home. And she'll tell me that there are re retired nuns and priests who genuinely love Jesus. Mm. She told me this one story of one time this nun uh, beckoned her over and put her hands on my mom's head and came down and began to pray in tongues over my mom. And my wow. mom said the, the presence of God just enveloped her in that moment. And as she's telling wow. me the story, I'm like, wait a minute, but she's Catholic, you know, like, you know, and, and, and it didn't register. And the Lord was just bringing me out of this mindset of, you know, putting God in a box. And I think the Lord is calling us to have a kingdom perspective. And there's these streams wow. that the Lord has, like, you know, like the IHOP is a stream, right? Kansas City. And they have this end times teaching and stream that I believe there's a grace from heaven on them to do that. And, you know, Bethel has this prophetic stream mm -hmm. and, you know, like um, uh, the Acts 29 guys, they have this like incredible gospel stream and I think if we will just let the little stuff fall and give a get a kingdom mentality, there's so much benefit for us. If you can just go yeah. into different streams where the king is moving and he's given a grace to different works and different wow. ministries, there's benefit for everyone if you just let the the division wow. fall. Look, man, I, I think I'm with you 100%. And I, I think that that often... God will put what you need in whether we're talking about an individual person or we're talking about, you know, a group. I think that God will take what you need, what you're praying for, what you're asking for, the breakthrough that you're seeking in your life, like whatever it is. He'll take that and he'll wrap it up in a package that irritates you. And that oh, may man. be in the form of someone else who's a believer, who's a brother <laughs> or sister, but who thinks about things in a different way that just has those that, that you know what I mean? That, that thing. Yeah. And so just to sort of force us to to get irritated, mm. to sort of get in that outside of our comfort zone where everybody looks like us and feels like us and, and thinks like us and believes like us. And it's really mm. easy to um, honor people. I'm using air quotes because I don't even know if if, it, <laughs> if it's considered honor or not. It's really easy to honor people who are just like you mm -hmm. and who think just like you. You know what I mean? Not that it. I mean, it's important to honor those people as well. But so often, I wonder if. Um, I think this is something that I picked up from Caleb as well. It's like, am I really honoring you, or am I just really in love with the parts of me that I see in you? Mm. You know. That's and good. in that case, it becomes selfish. In that case, it becomes, mm. uh, you know, me focused. And I, I can start to treat people 
or, you know, quote unquote, honor people based on whether or not I think that I can get something out of them or, or, you know what I mean? If, if likability is the factor that determines how well I treat people, then I've got a fundamental problem. I think that there's some, some of that, that might be just the way our brains are wired. I mean, you might, I, I think we're automatically drawn to people that dress like we dress or that, you know what I mean? I, I, that like the yeah. same sports teams, whatever it is, I think right. we're all, there's an automatic thing there. But I think that if we can actually sort of work to get past it and, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible says that we should know one another by the spirit, not according mm. to the flesh. And to, to get beyond, like we're talking about these differences that so often divide us and to say, hold on, let me treat you on the basis of who you are. And first mm-hmm. and foremost, you are a child of God. And the same spirit lives in you that lives in me. And so it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how different our points of view are. We can honor and love each other. We can disagree all day long, but we can still have fellowship, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny as you say that. I'm reminded of of something that just happened a few weeks ago. Um, In my prayer time, I had asked the Lord a question about the verse uh the the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy yes right so i had yep. read that and i was like 21 maybe yeah i i remember thinking to myself what on earth does that mean so actually in my note in, in my like prayer note my prayer journal i wrote that lord what does this mean so within three days i'm at a regular weekly meeting and a person who's at the meeting who just rubs me the wrong way has this real annoying personality that like you know, I just, it, for a, many, a myriad of reasons, I just didn't like them at all. And I was starting to judge them and, and kind of get an attitude. And they sh- literally shared the, the answer to the question of that verse out of their mouth. And it just, my jaw hit the floor and I had to repent. And I'm like, Lord, you are so good. And thank you for the reminder that, that you speak through all kinds of vessels and let me always have an ear to hear the people, even that maybe bug me. But that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. It's definitely a gut punch when you realize that you've, on a fundamental level, misunderestimated or undervalued somebody. And then God mm-hmm. shows you their value in something oh, like that, or something practical like that. And you're like, oh, like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know, I'm wrong. And not, not to feel, you know, shame over it because God doesn't want that either, but, but to recognize it for what it is. And you have those, those moments of opportunity <laughs> for, yeah. for growth, you know? Absolutely. Um, my yeah. son, my youngest son, Aiden shared a story with me about a month ago. He was, um, uh, you know, we, we drive together either go, to go fishing or to go work out. And it's just these moments. And I want to brag on my son for a second. So this is a, a proud papa moment. Um, so we're we're driving to the to Stephen's house to go work out, and I, you know it's just kind of a touch base. Aiden, how's it going? You know, and he goes, "Yeah, Dad, I read this verse in like Ephesians," and he just started breaking it down and why it was his favorite verse. And you know, my mind is being blown because at seventeen, I was not reading the Bible or thinking about my favorite mm-hmm. verse. So cool. And then he goes, and he goes, "Dad, yeah, I was on the bus, and there's this kid that gets on the bus every day, and he's one of those odd kids that." you know, doesn't really have any friends and nobody really likes him. And he goes, so I just started praying for him, you know, and, and my son says, and then the Lord showed me how much he loves him. And he goes, and dad, I started crying and I couldn't stop. I started weeping and, you know, I'm trying to keep it cool and I don't want to like 
go nuts over that the Lord is revealing his heart to my 17-year-old son. Mm. But I believe the Lord is pouring out his spirit on our sons and daughters. And if we will just pray and believe that God will go to extents. And that's what I I pray of Ephesians 117, you know, that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, you know, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. So parents out there, pray Ephesians 1 over your kids. Pray all the prayers of Paul, but you'll be shocked at how the Lord will blow away your expectations. And you know what I told my son? I said, Aiden, you know what's crazy is I've been asking the Lord for that for me. I mean, for both of us, but for me, I'm like, Lord, show me how much you love people. And the Lord showed my son. And so cool. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with the Lord answering Come those on. prayers for my kids. But it was Come awesome. On. I was so encouraged. Oh man, that is great. Uh, I want yeah. I want you to repeat that phrase again, um, if you can remember what it was. Um, God showed me how much He loves. Yeah, show that- me how much you love people. And, you know, break my heart for the lost. Yeah. And the Lord, I believe, will open us, open our hearts and invite us into the affections that he has for people. Um, and yeah, it's, so it's, a, it's a natural, supernatural grace of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's, a, it's an honor. Like the Lord entrusts his heart, I believe, to people who will steward, steward it well. Yes. And, Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um. Man, look, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to take this to a real place real quick. I mean, anybody out there, because sometimes you just you don't even realize it. And then all of a sudden something comes out of your mouth or a thought goes through your head and you realize, well, maybe I, you know, uh, there's like some quiet behind the scenes prejudices that I have against a certain type of person, whether it's a racial thing or a certain, mm-hmm. you know, certain lifestyle kind of thing or even like what we're talking about, denominational thing or, or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Like use that, man. Like if you recognize that there's something in your mind that's causing you to disconnect from certain people or certain kinds of people on whatever basis it is, that is such a beautiful, practical thing. God, uh, show me how you feel about this person. God, show Mm -hmm. me how much love you have for this person. And once you once you feel the father's heart for 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 somebody like that, who's different than you and for whatever reason you had barriers up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be really hard to keep those barriers up, you know, for mm-hmm. much longer. That's so and can cool. I can I speak to the parents out there too? Yeah, please. You know, I I know that you might hear a story like that, and you're thinking, "Gosh, I'm just trying to keep my kid out of jail." You know, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know what I don't know what planet yeah. you're living on. I'm telling you, we have made our our fair share of mistakes. I would just mm-hmm. encourage you to walk by faith and not by sight. Don't let maybe the attitude of your kid, you know, derail your prayer life for them. Mm. Um, you know, what, we're called to be faithful. And so just faithfully stand the wall, even if it's just for five minutes every day in the place of prayer, contend for your kids. You know, I think it's probably maybe more important to pray for your kids and pray for yourself. Just faithfully say, Lord, I, I blew it. I, I got I got mad at my kids, but I need your grace to cover the other 99%. And you'll be shocked at how the Lord will move mountains in the lives of your kids. Even if you go through a season where you don't like them, you know, just be faithful to stand the wall. And when it's all said and done, the Lord, his faithfulness will win out. And let me just encourage you parents. Like I'm not the best dad. We we're not the best parents we have made. I mean, there've been seasons where I don't know if I can say this. I was like, man, I have effed up my kids. (laughs) 
I thought, man, we have done it. We have really forget it. And the Lord's grace covered and, you know, just don't give up. Walk by faith. Believe that God's ability Mm. to bring your kids to where he wants them is greater than your ability to screw up your kids. Oh, come on. He is faithful. He is faithful. And you're going to land you know, in a season where you're almost an empty nester and you're going to be blown away, not at your great parenting, but at the the immeasurable grace of God at work in your family. Wow. That is so good. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And there's times where my wife and I, like many times (laughs) where we've just paused and we've looked at each other. We were like, that was that was some bad parenting. <laughs> like that was some really bad parenting. And uh, sometimes it's funny. Like sometimes it's funny stuff. Like sometimes it's just, uh, you know, what one day one day uh, Elijah, my oldest, he was, and this was a couple years ago, so he might have been eight or something. I, I don't know how old he was at the time. He was just annoying us. Like he was being obnoxious with his brother all day. You know, they fight a lot. His brother's four years younger than him. Sure. And- and they're great. They're they're best friends. They're they're wonderful together, but they also fight a lot. And it's kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just really too much. And I just he just kept pushing buttons. And so I just like I was I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm done with this. I, and I just picked him up and I and I brought him outside and I threw him in the pool and, <laughs> and then walked back in the house. And he just like stood there like like he didn't know what to do. He's like, this is this is not what? And uh, I was like, that was probably really bad parenting, but you know, it's just what happens. And, and um, I think it's great. I think it's great parenting in my book. (laughs) Going back to my life growing up, my parents never did anything like that to me, but, um, but yeah, it's just, but that would, you know, that's a, that's sort of a comical thing, but, but for real, I mean, there's been times where we've looked at each other like, yo, we, we, we missed it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. You just you you do you do the best you can do and you and yeah. you keep going and um yeah, just being able to pray for your kids and sowing into mm-hmm. their lives that way, even in ways that they don't know, you know, they're not aware that it's happening. Um yeah. I think uh, um uh Augustine has that story, right? Where I think it was his mom just praying these uh mm-hmm. just incredible prayers over his life for so long and eventually mm-hmm. Uh, he was so somehow he was aware of the fact that it was his mother's prayers that that brought him, you know, to that to that place yeah. where he was finally, you know, ready yeah. to give his life to Jesus when he was on such a bad path, you know. Yeah, um, he, I think there's yeah, a he, grace. I'm sorry, Aaron, go ahead. No, 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 go for it, man. <clears throat> I think I think there's a grace. I think the Holy Spirit in this season is opening up a grace for the place of prayer over the body of Christ like never before. I mean, I was I saw Caleb. He he was talking about it um, through the the together movement, and I've seen in my own life just an incredible grace. Almost like you know when you open up a shutter lens on a camera lens, the light floods in, mm. and I feel like the shutter lens of grace is open, and there's a grace to pray like never before. Like people who could only do about 15 minutes, I think you could go 30 or an hour and not even blink. And wow. I think if you if you just give the Lord time, he'll fill it. And mm. I think there's a grace to wake up early. You'll get up before your alarm. If you will prescribe a certain place, and if you just get there and say, okay, Lord, now what? There'll be no shortage of things to say. You'll experience and encounter the Lord like never before. And then he will call you to faithfully stand the wall for specific wow. people year after year so that 
when Jesus returns, they're going to come back to you and say, man, I just found out you, you prayed for me for five years to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I do. Thanks. Thanks for being faithful to stand the wall. Wow. And so I really believe with all my heart that the Lord is giving a special grace to the body of Christ. If It's almost like if you, if you will, he will. Like if you'll take the first step, he's already made provision, yeah. you know, just take that step by faith and he will meet you there. Just, it only takes like an ounce of effort and you'll see he's going to put 89 pounds worth of kingdom purpose <laughs> in your prayer life. And you're yeah. going to look back and you're gonna be like, man, I've got the prayer life that I've always dreamed of. Wow. And it's not because I'm great. I'm great. It's because God has poured in his grace. Wow. And I think in the season we're at in, in life and in the church and in our culture, the church needs to pray like never before. And the grace is ready if you'll just take that first step. It's so good. I agree with you 100 percent. We <laughs> oh, there was ever a time where we needed to to increase in our in our prayer lifestyle and our, our life, you know, our, our prayer walk with the Lord. It's definitely now. And yeah. I love, I love, I love, I love what you're saying. I, I, that resonates so, so much with, with me, man. Um, and uh, yeah, God's grace to, to just be there for you. I, I think so many people um, have a struggle developing a consistent you know, lifestyle of, of prayer because they don't enjoy it. And yeah. it's, it's such a lie <laughs> of the enemy that says that we're yeah. supposed to be boring and, oh man. You know, oh man, it's just so not true. When we encounter him through our devotional time and talking with him and all of that. And, and Hey, like this isn't, we're, we're under a, a, a new covenant. We're under a new reality that that's way mm-hmm. better than the former covenant Amen. and under this new covenant. God can show up and God can surprise us and just like blow our doors off and, you know, just out of nowhere, just shower us with his grace and his presence. But we also can make the choice to like stand face to face with him whenever we want. Amen. And it's that door that's been opened to us. And, you know, if we go from that perspective of, okay, I got to do my prayers and it's just like the way it always is. And it's just sort of a religious exercise. Then chances are, unless God just supernaturally shows up, like that's going to be our experience. We're going to essentially get what we expect in, in, in that yeah. sense. Yeah. But if we go like before the Lord and uh, I use that term, you know, loosely, because I think we live our lives before the Lord. We live our lives mm-hmm. in his presence because he's always inside of us. He's always with us. He walks with us, mm-hmm. all of that. But, you know, when we're consciously going to, spend time with him or to talk to him or to pray, to intercede, to worship, whatever. It's like when you have the expectation, like just standing before him with the expectation Mm. that he's there, that he's close, that he's going Mm. to move, that he's going to speak to you, that it's his heart is towards you, that his face Mm. is shining down on you. You know, Mm. you're you're just so much better positioned to experience his presence. and, Mm. And it's his presence that makes this you know, that, that makes this lifestyle of worship and prayer that makes it enjoyable, you know? Yeah. And if we're doing it from a striving perspective, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love what you're saying so much. You know, it's like that word expectation. It's like anticipation, right? Like if I'm going on a date with my wife, I start to think now about what I'm going to wear you know, I'm going to, what cologne I might put on, where we're going to eat. Are we going to go to a movie? What happens after, you know, I think about all of it. It's anticipation, (laughs) right? Yeah. And it's the same with, with our walk with the Lord, you know, so I'm going to spend time with the Lord tomorrow morning and I'm thinking about Lord, what are you going to say? 
you know, because if you give enough time to where the king of kings, he's always talking, there's always things on his heart. And if we open up the shuttle lens and say, okay, well, I'm giving you a half an hour or I'm going to give you an hour. Yeah. What, what on earth is the Holy Spirit going to do? And there's sometimes in prayer where the Lord will make a hard right turn and I'll be praying about things I wasn't expecting, praying for people I didn't expect. And it's like, Lord, what's on your heart? And if you give time to host the heart of God in your time of prayer, there's no telling where you'll end up and how he'll, you know, just release his heart through your prayers. So what an good. honor. What an yeah. honor to get on, to merge on the super highway of the King of Kings and be about the Father's business in the place of prayer. Yeah, man. Well, like one-sided relationships are not fun, I just imagined. <laughs> and so if our perspective is that we're always talking to him and he's not talking, he's not listening, you know, it's just like yeah. the religious activities that we do. Mm-hmm. But when, you, when you're when ta- that expectation, that anticipation of, mm-hmm. of that, I, I think that the reason why so many people and why I did for such a long time struggle to hear the voice of God is... Um, is that there's no expectation it's it's the expectation mm-hmm. is that it's going to be difficult it's that it's going to take me a long time <laughs> i need to you know fast for a month i need to you know whatever yeah. It, yeah. there's this expectation that it's just not going to work and yeah. when our expectation is just like you're talking about man like okay i'm gonna i, I get to be with him you know i get mm. to be with him throughout the day and I, I i get to have that too but i get to be with him for 20 minutes in the morning. I get to be with him for 30 minutes. Not, mm-hmm. I have to do this. I get to be with yeah. him and yeah. I get to hear his voice. And because I'm his child, I hear his voice. Jesus said, my mm-hmm. sheep hear my voice. And so, you know, I, I, I used to, I used to look at that verse and, um, you know, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I used to look at that, that verse and get condemned by it mm, and i'd be like wow like oh well i'm not hearing your voice very well so i must not be a very good sheep mm. um, I'm, I'm struggling so much so there must be something wrong with me and that was my perspective until one day the holy spirit showed it to me a different way and he was like no this isn't me telling you that you're not measuring up because you're struggling to hear my voice this is a declaration over your life you are mm. mine you belong to me and therefore, mm. it's in your nature, it's in your identity, it's who I created you to be, to hear my voice. You have that built in within you. You're connected mm. to me. You're a spirit being created in my image. Your ears are are tuned to the voice of my spirit. And so this mm. isn't me condemning you, saying you're not doing it right. This is me telling you that this is who you are, and so you should walk in the freedom of it. You know. Wow. So everything Man. that we do in life, the, the stuff that we do, the prayer life, the things that we know that we're supposed to do yeah. for our Christian walk, they're not just Christian activities. It's us responding to what he's already done for us. It's, it's he's already done everything, mm-hmm. all the heavy lifting. He's positioned us perfectly in him. Yeah. And so I don't have to pray to, to get into heaven. Like I don't have to do these things, but I, I, I get to because it's my response That's to right. his goodness and to what he's made available. So good. Did you ever hear, are you familiar with Bob Mumford? Yes. Yeah. So he's got a you know great website, just great nuggets of wisdom. And, um, you know, that's my dream. I want to be like a Bob Mumford, mm. you know, well into my eighties yeah. with, I uh, can't get through a podcast without weeping, you know, oh, yeah. a soft heart before the Lord. One of the things he said, he was talking about the enemies, uh, you know, of our, of our walk with God. And he said is presupposition. We presuppose, 
that our time with the Lord is not going to be good. And so we don't spend it with him. And that, that just stuck with me. Like, and I think a lot of believers out there presuppose that their time with God is going to be boring or mundane. And so they just never get, get into the place of prayer wow. to begin with. Wow. Oh. That's heavy, isn't it? Reflecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm. Oh, man. He's so good. He is so he's good. So good. He's such a good father. And let me. Uh, no, uh, I was just gonna say. I wonder how. You know, ima imagine, imagine you as a dad, and you love your kids so much. And you, of course, you're an imperfect father like me, but we mm -hmm. love our kids so much. And just imagine, like their response to to just imagine if their response was to like completely misinterpret our love and so so we show mm. our love to them and then their thing is like oh, dad's just mad at me dad's mm. mad at me right now you know dad's dad, i can't go near dad i can't spend time with my dad because he, mm. he just he's just disappointed in what i did yesterday oh man and, and like you know i mean just, just imagine that yeah. what that would do to your heart if you knew that that oh. was what was internally going on in the life of your kids and you're just doing everything that you can to get to them you're doing everything mm -hmm. that you can just to show them how you how much you're captivated you know mm -hmm. the affections of your heart are just captivated by who they are mm -hmm. and, and even not on the basis of what they can do for you yeah yeah but on the basis of who they are the fact that they're your kids yeah and so we take that and maybe like amplify it by billions because everything mm -hmm. that our heavenly father has done to get to us and to show us his goodness and his grace and how often we distance ourselves because we just have a wrong idea, wrong understanding of how, who our father is and yeah. how he looks at us. I, I know I lived my life for a long time and sometimes I'll be, it's still like this mental sort of battle sometimes where I have to like flip the switch back on. I'm like, Oh wait, God's not mad at me. He's not, why would he be mad at me? Yeah. Jesus already died for everything, every mistake I'm ever going to make. Yeah. So not that it makes it okay to just do that. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but he has no reason to be mad at me for it. He has no mm -hmm. reason to be disappointed in me, to be distant yeah. from me. And, you know, just living in that understanding of the joy that's just mm. fill, filling his heart of mm -hmm. just affection for who his sons and daughters are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Tozer's quote, you know, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Yeah. And so. Um, it's like if you were to go, go into your kid's room and they were cleaning their room and you said, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. So I, so that you love me, oh. that would just break your heart. Wouldn't it? You know, like that's religion. That's yeah. what religion is. And that's why religion breaks the heart of God is, is us trying to achieve it or attain through what we do instead of just receiving the love of the father as a free gift. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've used this, um, <clears throat> I've used this analogy, you know, if you've, you've ever seen a tree that grows up, you know, without sufficient sunlight and that, that tree doesn't really have the opportunity to, to grow to its fullest capacity, mm -hmm. you know, because it needs the, the stuff from the, from the root system and all of that, but it also needs enough sunlight in order for all of that to take its full effect. And so, you know, the strength of, of the tree is in large part determined by is it getting sufficient sunlight or not and so mm -hmm. you'll actually see that trees become 
you know, somewhat withered or they they grow in the wrong directions because they're mm. not they don't they don't have that sufficient sunlight. And so they'll grow up to be weaker. And I just relate that so often to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. You know, if we recognize the fact that his face, the, the favor and the grace of his face is mm -hmm. shining down on us. And so when I live my life, not just when I'm reading my Bible or going to church or doing spiritual things, but when I'm doing business and when I'm with my kids and I'm sleeping and I'm doing like the regular stuff of life, everything that I do, that I have the favor of his face shining down on me. And so if I could, mm. the more that I could learn to live in the awareness of mm -hmm. that, of the joy of my heavenly father, then the more that I'll be able to, I mean, what happens? What what, what happens? Like you just, it's like a, you just feel like you're powerful. You feel like you can do stuff. You feel like you have mm -hmm. the, you know, you feel like you can reach your potential and all of that. I, I brought this up um, recently on a different podcast. I, I, I don't remember who I was talking to, but um, you know, in John chapter 13, when Jesus uh, gets up to wash the disciples feet, you know, that was such an intense moment of serving his his brothers, you know, of serving his disciples, of serving his closest friends, washing their feet as the, you know, they're like, you're our master. Why would you do this for us? And he's like, no, 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 this is, I have to do this for you. Uh, otherwise mm -hmm. you have no part with me. And so it, it's this, this uh, intense, um, just amazing moment of practical servanthood coming from mm -hmm. a place of love. But before he stood up to do that, the, the first few verses of that chapter say that Jesus being aware of who of of I'm going to paraphrase, but being aware of who he was, of the fact that he had come from God and was going mm -hmm. to God and the fact that God had placed everything into his hands, his response was to stand up and to serve. So when we are aware of our identity and who we are and who we belong mm -hmm. to and what like the weight of what he's given us and what he's given mm -hmm. us access to, the only reasonable response is to do life well. It's to serve people well. It's to mm -hmm. it's to. Yeah, it's to love people. It's to demonstrate mm -hmm. the kingdom. It's to it's to do that. Mm -hmm. And so when we come at it from the other side of I need to do this to be pleasing to you, then yeah. it's short lived. It doesn't last as long. It doesn't remain. And it's really difficult. And it's, it's exhausting. Not a fun way to live. It's exhausting. You're absolutely right. Yeah. What is what does Piper say? God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied, satisfied in, him. in him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, such a good question. Such a good quote or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, love it so much. Man, I've really it. enjoyed this conversation. I know. How did an hour and 15 minutes go by so quick? What in the world? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's 115 or 215 for you. Um, man. Yeah. I just, uh, you, you've already shared your heart so, so, so much on, um, the days that we're living in as the church, I, I'm just wondering, uh, maybe as we sort of start to, to wind things down here, are you, is there anything else sort of like on your heart as far as the days that we're living in? I mean, I've been asking this question in different ways to a bunch of different people. Cause I'm just, I'm just curious of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I, I always want to know, you know, what God is saying to different people and how things sure. are lining up and stuff like that. And, uh, the, yeah. You know, the season that we've just kind of come out of or that we're coming out of and sort of like this new normal that's being established and so many things that have happened in, in this past year and just things, the, the, the landscape of the church has really shifted and changed in a lot of different ways. Um, but 
I feel like right now, as God's people, we have such incredible opportunities, you know, opportunities to display his glory, opportunities to demonstrate the kingdom, opportunities to grow, opportunities to get past some of this division and and to grow in unity and stuff like that. The opportunities mm -hmm. are there. So I'm just wondering, yeah. maybe in addition, or if you, you, even if you go back and highlight something we've already sort of discussed, but uh, what do you sure. sort of see as, you know, going forward the, with the church in the days ahead, maybe some things that you're sensing that are on the horizon or um, mm -hmm. even something that um, you just feel like is that you're champion, championing right now as far as uh, an opportunity that we have as the body of Christ to, to, sure. to expand in the season. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll use it by telling a story. I was in my hotel room in Kinshasa, DRC, and um, I woke up earlier than my alarm. And it was like what I shared about just the grace was there. And uh, internet was terrible. And so I said, well, I'll, I'll pray. And so I, I went into prayer and clear as day, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, just so simple matter of fact, he said, James, don't you know that you're my workmanship? Mm. It was that. And then I just began sobbing. And, you know, that word workmanship in the Greek is the word poema, which is where we get our word poem from. And instantly, you know, like when God speaks, it's like this download of like all this stuff in like a half a second. Right. And yeah. in, in God's just grace and tenderness, he was just showing me like the poem of my life and how he began writing at a certain point. And I'm at point where I'm almost 46 years old and he sees the end from the beginning. And, you know, oftentimes I've asked the Lord, Lord, why didn't I know this before? Like, you know, like the identity thing. Why didn't I know who I was in Christ when I first gave my life to you at 19? Wow. It, it would have avoided so many heartaches and issues and problems. And the answer is always the same. The Lord's like, you weren't ready to walk in it. Hmm. You know, like I couldn't show you back then because you weren't ready to walk in it. And it's like if you take the, a, a phrase of a poem and try to stick it at the beginning, it's not going to make any sense. Right. Yeah. And like the Lord is just showing how, with precision, he allowed the right people come into my life at precisely the right time to bring the right message. And the Holy Spirit downloaded specific revelations at just the right time in the same way that every punctuation mark, every word, every space is placed in a poem according to the author's exact wow. design. Yeah. And just in that moment, I realized whoa, like, Lord, nothing has been by accident. You have perfectly, like, the perfect author have written my life and, and just laid it all out so that I've arrived at this point in time that I'm just discovering this moment and this moment and this moment. Yeah, but yeah. you see the end from the beginning, and when it's all said and done, I will be the perfect workmanship, the perfect poem of our king, and he sees it all and he is so excited like he's been excited about this stanza of my story and he's seen it from the beginning when i first gave my life to him and i was still a mess and failing my dad's class but he saw this season when i was in my 40s working for samaritan's purse and he's been excited for this this season of my life so we could share it together wow. and the great author of our lives is putting even difficulties and hardship as a part of the story and everything is perfectly planned so that when he comes back, 
all our faith will be to the praise and honor and glory of our king. And he's not freaking out up in heaven about how the story's going to end. He yes. sees it all. And man, that just gives me such confidence every day. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about who's in government and I don't have to worry about a virus. The Lord has sees, he sees it all. And it gives me perfect peace for today. <laughs> oh, that is so good. That is so yeah. good. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, man, he really knows what he's doing. He really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, this, this, this past year with so many things that happened, just like watching people freak out over things, yeah. watching people freak out over an election, watching people freak out. Yeah. Over, hold yeah. on, guys. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I get it. I get yeah. it. Your guy didn't win. I get it. Doesn't look good. <laughs> I, I get it. Like, yeah. whatever. I understand. Like, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, let's not, not be, um, I don't want to be insensitive. You know, I mean, people really did go through some really hard yeah. things this year. A lot of people lost loved ones and, and friends and people that were close to them. Uh, through Corona and through other things. And so not to, mm -hmm. not to belittle anything that anybody's gone through, but it's just through it all. He is so faithful. He's on his throne. He's, yeah, he's so good. He's so good. And he knows exactly where every single person is. He knows what we all need. Like you yeah. said, he's writing our story. He's, yeah. um, you know, he's, I don't, I don't need to compare myself to where someone else is because my story is different than that person. And, and, yeah. you know, I'm at a different place. God's working on this God's bringing this stanza out right now, but the whole yeah. thing is already written in his book and mm -hmm. he already knows all of it. Yeah. And, and the fact that he called us mm -hmm. and, and died for us and did everything that he did for us, knowing everything that we were going to go through, knowing all the mistakes we were going to make, knowing all the mishaps mm -hmm. and he did it anyway. So that should give us some comfort. <laughs> and yeah. some, and like you said, peace and to be able to yeah. approach life from a place of rest, knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, it's not my strength. It's not my abilities that are going to get me to where God has called me, but it's Amen. his grace. It's Absolutely. his goodness. And we get to rest in that. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Just maybe Please. a little side side note. Please. One thing that's helped me is, you know, the Bible says to pray for all those who are in authority. And, you know, that means we're called to pray for our president. Sure. And so I've, I've, I found myself you know, there's plenty of stuff online and on YouTube and on social media that are either going to make it easy for me to pray for the president or going to make it more difficult for me to pray for the president. <laughs> and I found the Holy Spirit. I love found the Holy Spirit just nudging me that just saying this isn't going to help you pray for the president. He needs your prayers wow. and disparaging him and mocking him and all. It's not going to help you. You need to pray. I've called you to pray. And so I would encourage everyone out there watching this podcast, just turn off the, the, the video, steer, steer away from those things that make it hard for you to pray for those who are in authority over you. And um, that's really helped me because if I, if I think bad about him, then it's going to be hard for me to pray. And so anyway, that was just on my heart. Oh, that was so, oh, I love how good, I love how practical that is, man. <clears throat> Yeah, because we need to be in a position where, yeah, we need to maintain that position in our lives where we're going to be effective in what we're called yeah. to do. Yeah. And yeah, man, yeah, even even in some of these things, I I, I sense the Holy Spirit, um, you know, nudging me in that way sometimes too. When I 
when I see, you know, maybe a particular pastor or, or preacher or leader or somebody that I, that I'm, that I gravitate to, I like to listen to their teaching. Inevitably there's going to be, you know, you, you Google or, or you YouTube their name and <laughs> the first like five things are going to be all negative and tearing them yeah. down. And like, I've like, you know, there's been times where I've, Oh, let me just see what people are saying. Let me, yeah. let me, let me just see what they're saying about this. And to where like that can start to affect your mind and well, maybe they're right about that. Maybe. And, and, and it can yeah. start, you know, and, and not to be ignorant and not to be, you know, whatever, but, but yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely something so valuable and real to that um, where we just don't need all the information. We don't need to know mm -hmm. everything that's going on in the news. Like we don't need to yeah. know everything that they're saying negative about people that, that we love or that we're supposed to be praying for caring for, Mm -hmm. or whatever. I think that that's so good, so practical. And I think yeah. that we could look for, for different ways to, to do that practically in life of, okay, how, what should I do? What should I fill my mind with? What should I, how should I devote my time? That's actually going to help me to be better positioned to do the things that he's called me to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. Amen. So you know that you haven't really arrived in ministry or as a podcast until entire websites have been constructed against you. So <laughs> exactly. I, don't, I don't know if you're there yet, but pray maybe the day will come, Duke, where there's a website that's been built. Just do not listen to this guy. That's how you know you've arrived. Come on, somebody, somebody help me out. Somebody help me out. Put a def defamatory website out. Uh, no, but I, I don't think I'm there yet, but uh, but one can only dream, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good perspective you know shift too of like hey if if you're being if you're being judged if you're being whatever it probably yeah. means that you're saying things that matter you yeah know, there's a good chance the devil double teams those who score the most points <laughs> love it yeah uh so good awesome um well hey man really again i appreciate you um it was a probably about an hour ago that we left the conversation. We start, we were talking about Samaritan's purse and, um, yeah. and, uh, operation Christmas child. If you could, uh, just maybe, uh, point, point somebody in the direction, whether it's a website or something, some social, sure. something on social or, you know, a couple things, how can people find you or anybody that maybe wants to uh, reach out in terms of support or just to find out more about OCC and what you guys are doing? Uh, where would you point somebody? Sure. Uh, a couple things. I have a blog that I, I, uh, I pinch a blog every now and again. It's, I think awesome. it's mind, mindspackle.wordpress.com. I think that's what it is. Uh, but anytime <laughs> I get a download from heaven, I just, that's usually the place that lands first. And then if it's really good, I'll, I'll put it on Facebook or whatever. Um, and then to find out about more, more about Samaritan's Purse, I would go to Samaritan.org. They have hundreds of videos, all great articles and everything on Operation Christmas Child is there. Samaritan's Purse, what they do all over the world is mind blowing. And yeah. so I don't have time to unpack it here, but go to their website. You can make a donation if you want, but really it's very in informatory. If you're a medical professional, they have a, a great need for folks who want to volunteer overseas and wow. get involved serving Jesus all over the world um, through their disaster response. They have stateside disaster response. We have, uh, I think, people in Louisiana and, and different states that are, um, you know, doing rebuilds and disaster relief from storms that have hit the U.S. And so there's always something happening through Samaritan's Purse, and we're always looking for people to get involved. So good. I love it. Well, I love what you're doing, man. I really do. It's just amazing. And uh, 
what you and the the organization, what you guys are doing to just bring the gospel to people and reaching the unreached. And, oh, it's so awesome. It just, it moves me so much. And um, yeah, yeah, please check it out. Even if it's just like, like, like James said, even if it's just to find out some more information, just to be aware of what's going on, maybe uh, see what's going on so that you can, you can uh, partner through prayer even, or something like that. Samaritan.org. Um, check it out. It's just amazing. The work that's being done around the world through Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child, all of the discipleship of children and really people of all ages that's taking place in just really profound, impactful ways. Um, I can't I can't say enough about it, man. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much again for being here. Really appreciate you. Appreciate thank your time. You. Um, yeah, we'll you're have really to do it again for sure. You are a really good host and just drawing out whatever the Lord's put on my heart. So all right, well, that's all the time we have for today. So we'll... <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Appreciate you saying that it means a lot to me coming from yeah. coming from you. I mean, um, you know, it go going back a while, and it wasn't until recently that we sort of reconnected. Other than you know, maybe some social media and stuff like that. By the time that we got to spend together that one summer, and mm-hmm. you know, serving under you and your leadership, and and watching you just preach and 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 bring the word to to kids and stuff like that, that really just, it gave me a, a greater hunger and a greater passion um, for ministry to be used by God in that way. Up to that point, I, I knew that I was going to do something in ministry. Like I knew that God had called me. I didn't know what it was, but it was like a couple, maybe three or four months after that, that, um, or maybe even less, because I was at NISIM at the time, which was like that very next semester after that summer. So two, three months maybe. And I was in a conversation with some uh, like roommates and stuff like that. And we were just talking. And before I even thought it, it came out of my mouth um, what God was calling me to do. Like before I even mm-hmm. had words that I could have even articulated, like in my own internal conversation, it was coming out of my mouth. And I was like, whoa, okay. Hmm. All right. That's cool. That's so, awesome. um, you know, I, I just feel like you were, you were definitely used by God in that process of, of um, just, you know, taking me from, where I was as a young whippersnapper knucklehead who <laughs> thought he knew something about ministry and didn't. And yeah, but anyway, I do appreciate you, you know, and, and what you've poured into me over the years. And I've really enjoyed just being reconnected with you. So anyway, hearing that come from you means a lot to me. So, so thank God. you so much. Well, Thanks thank you, everybody. Really, really, really appreciate you guys uh, being here, checking this out, whether you were watching live or you're checking out the rebroadcast or listening on one of the podcast platforms. Uh, really appreciate you guys. So hope you have an awesome, awesome day. If you're looking for a way that you could uh, support this sort of new show that that I've launched here, you can do that by liking, subscribing, sharing, leaving a review uh, on somewhere like Apple Podcasts. If that's where you're checking this out, would just I will be your best friend. So, <laughs> so uh, thanks, James. All right, you guys have a good day. We'll talk to you soon.
Thanks again for catching this episode of Real Live Talk. For future reference, new episodes are released live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube every Monday and Thursday. And uh, these podcasts are uploaded later on to Spotify, Apple, Google, and most of the major podcast platforms out there. If you haven't done so already, if you'd consider subscribing. And uh, if this episode blessed you or added any kind of value to your life in any way, if you're looking for a way to support the channel, you can do that again by subscribing, also by sharing and leaving a review. Thank you so much. Hope you have a blessed day.